Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 50 of Leading from Alignment. Uh, Again, my co-host, Jim Wiegand, is uh, enjoying some sun and beach time uh, during, uh, during this week, and so I'm hosting the episode today by myself, but I do have back with me today, special guest uh, by the name of Chad Dearman. Chad, thanks for joining us again today. Thank you, John. What a joy it is to be with you. So Chad pastors a wonderful church in West Branch, Michigan, a small community uh, called Faith Alive Church, and good friend of uh, mine, good friend of Converge Coaching. And Chad has done an amazing job. God has used him and his in uh, his wife, in his team, to build something that uh, is very rare, just a, a thriving, healthy, uh, quite large church in a small community. And so Chad was with us in episode 49, and he agreed to come back for another one. So Chad, thanks so much. Um, Chad, we left off in episode 49. You were uh, sharing with me some of the most important things you did to move the church forward. And you have a couple of other things, I guess, that you wanted to mention along the way. So let's pick it up right there. What were some of the other important things you did to move the church forward? Well, thank you, John. Uh, You know, we talked a little bit about the vision and how important vision is and just sharing the celebration, talking about the small wins in the church. And, you know, also I think it's important in a rural community, uh, one of the things that I've learned is, it, 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 it can be difficult to hire staff, you know, being in a small mm. community, many times pastors are bivocational. I was for a little bit of time as the church was growing, you know, but I got to a point where I began to need some help. And, you know, I wanted to share how important it is to have a good, strong team with you. Uh, mm. And don't be afraid to hire staff. You know, I, I started with a worship pastor um, and I basically offered him $75 a week sure. he would come and be a part of my team. Of course, he would have to have a different job by vocational, right. but he was willing and he had tremendous giftings and talent, but nobody was really utilizing those. And I just offered him, you know, $75 a week. And it almost seems through the years, my staff, I have all started part-time. Mm. And so I wanted to share that if there's pastors listening or church leaders who are in smaller communities, but they're afraid of possibly stretching their funds and bringing on somebody part time. And I would encourage them uh, to be willing to, you know, to reach out and even start with small, because that's why just a, you know, $75 a week is not much money. Right. But uh, but my staff was willing to do it. And mm. of course, you know, over the years, they've created their own position. Every staff members probably added 40 to 60 people into the church on wow. average. And so they almost created their own position yeah. uh, on staff. And so that was that was that was important for us to move forward as a as a church. And I love that. Chad, I love that that whole thought process, because I think sometimes we're all or nothing thinkers. Right. Right. Like we think if I have to add somebody to my team, I got to I have to add them full time when I don't have the budget to do that or, or even uh, at a healthy part time uh, salary. I don't have that either. But the thought of starting where you can 
right. um, and then that's watching true. them grow. I think that's really significant because uh, that takes away the all or nothing thought process, right? I can start, yeah. here's what I can do. Let's see who God brings uh, to join us. Absolutely. I love it. Yeah, and even the general fund, you know, I really stretch that out too. So yeah. now we, we, we do 50% of all of our general fund always goes to salaries. Hmm. And so that is a stretch. And I know there may be a few church leaders that would disagree with that. But for us, it's worked really well. And it's given me a few more finances to be able to bring on a good, solid staff to help us to move forward as a church. Right. Um, another thing we've really developed is giving people options. Hmm. You know, when we go to a restaurant, nobody wants to be told they have to have chicken. They, we like menus, you know, we want to be told we have options. And another way, even in a rural community, instead of just offering one service, we begin to really develop multiple services. Okay. And uh, we're now looking at going to be doing five services through the week. And so uh, we have a lot of medical people in West Branch. And so, you know, there's a lot of doctor's offices here. And so a lot of schedules don't really flow with the church if it's just Sunday services. And okay. so we begin to create, you know, obviously we have a strong online presence, but also giving people those options. People like options. Right. And that really helped our church to break through barriers um, to go to the next level. And, okay. Uh, so I think multiple services and options is very, very important. And one of your services, multiple services, is, is during the middle of the week, right? Is that correct, Chad? It is. Yeah, we do uh, three Sunday mornings, and then we do a Wednesday night service. But I preach the exact same sermon as Sunday. Okay. And even during COVID, we've now started a fifth service on Thursday morning. Oh, uh, for high risk people, people with diabetes or who have issues with their heart and can't be around a lot of people. So that's worked well. We have a lot of the uh, elderly senior adults coming in uh, on the Thursday morning. And I like it so much that we're, we're, we're considering continuing that service. So wow. giving people options like that, um, I think is so important for a church moving forward um, to just add, add more. People love the options. Yeah. And I love the efficiency of, Hey, I'm not creating something brand new in the middle of the week. Right. No, I'm, I'm taking what we're doing on Sunday and it's kind of like, and so it's, it's basically the same, right. As what you would do on a Sunday morning. And that just, that it's so streamlined, right. You don't have to prepare more messages. There's not the you don't have to come up with new worship sets, all of that. And there's just an efficiency to that I love. So that's, that's really creative and that's really cool. Yeah, you know, people would probably have questions like church leaders want to know, well, then what do you do with your worship team? How do they fit that schedule, children's right. work, or things like that. And so, you know, Sunday, you know, on the Thursday morning, we, we can only do what we can do. So if I have, uh, you know, my worship leader and a couple other people with him, you know, we still play the same music set, but mm -hmm. it's, and they do a professional job. They do a great job. But, you know, I, I love the idea of options, though. It is so critical for church moving forward. A very, I just want to just mention really quick the importance of an online presence. Very, okay. we've, we've invested a lot in cameras and things of that nature and just really working hard on having a strong online presence. Facebook, YouTube, 
you know, your church website, but we've had over 2000 people download our church app. And, wow. uh, and that you can go to the, the app store, faith Life connect is our app. And mm-hmm. that has been a huge uh, connection for people. Um, and, um, you know, so having a good online presence is important, but I'd also say one last thing is just building a very strong missions program has created a lot of blessing in our church. You know, years mm. ago when I moved to West branch, I really felt God speak to my heart. We only had two missionaries in the church that we were supporting for $12 and 50 cents. And God began to speak to my heart and he says, Chad, I want you to begin to pour into missions. Mm. He says, if you will do that, I will bless this church. And so I began to cast that vision and we were bringing in new missionaries, adding missionaries and supporting them. And, and uh, now we're doing the kingdom builders as a church. We're even tithing Mm -hmm. now from our general fund, all going towards missions. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, but God has just poured out blessings on the church. The church has grown I believe specifically because we're focusing on missions as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I would really encourage pastors to, to do that. I love it. You know, the, um, I think one of the dangers that we all face is becoming ingrown um, over time, right? The longer we're uh, leading an organization, the longer we're leading a church, it's very easy to become focused internally uh, more than we should. And we forget about our mission and our calling, right. To, right. to preach the gospel uh, across the whole globe and, and make disciples. And um, uh, so I just love that outward focus. It's so healthy. Um, I think, I think churches who, who are focused on outsiders more tend to be healthier than mm. those that are only focused on insiders. I don't know what you think about that thought. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, the mission of Christ is to take the gospel to the nations and, you know, and us making that a priority, you know, I've really seen God bless the church because of it. Yeah. uh, Adding, adding resources. And, and um, so it is a, it is a critical component for the church for sure. So Chad, I want to, I want to jump ahead here and ask you this question. Uh, Can you tell us about any setbacks you or the church might have experienced along the way this last 20 years. And I, you know, you've told us this wonderful story of how God has just grown the church that you lead. Um, but I'm sure along the way, there were a few, uh, right. maybe, maybe more than a few setbacks um, that you experienced, or maybe the, even the church experienced. Would you be willing to share maybe uh, one or two of those and, and how you worked your way through them? Sure. You know, well, even early on when we started with those 19 people years ago, uh, you know, just already starting to make the changes, just moving the organ across the platform to a different (laughs) part. I mean, stopping certain ministries. And uh, I had one lady in particular uh, who was just not happy with that and left the church over it. And I would, Mm -hmm. I would consider that a setback, just having seen people, you know, leave the church over the changes that are happening, uh, even mm-hmm. though they're good, they're good changes. And, uh, you know, that would be a, a small setback, setback. You know, we've hit plateaus. And one of the things I would say about our, our, our staff is we've worked all through the years. Anytime we plateau, we, we go to the table 
and we just, I mean, we work hard at what are those, what are those barriers? What do we need to do to break through that, to, to go to the next level and, um, and work hard at those breakthroughs. Um, I have had some personal setbacks just as a pastor, you know, when God begins to bless a church, he really has to prepare the pastor for, for the blessing. Um, and I really went through a a season where I didn't even realize it, but, uh, you know, God saw it that, uh, he really wanted to deal with some pride in my heart. Mm. And, um, so I actually went through an experience. I'm not saying God caused it, but he certainly allowed it where I had a staph infection that hit my collarbone. Mm. And, uh, this was years ago, but, uh, I wound up in the hospital for some time and I was on antibiotics for three months. And I remember laying in that hospital, asking God, what am I doing in here? You know, all this good stuff's happening in the church. Why am I in the hospital? And the only thing, the scripture that came to my heart was Psalms 46.10, where God said, be still and know that I'm God. Mm-hmm. And that word be still means stop working. Stop what <laughs> you're doing. Put your hands down. And God began to deal with some things in my heart. Mm-hmm. And... You know, my wife had to feed me. I, you know, the collarbone, a lot of people don't realize when you have an infection in, the, in your collarbone, I mean, you can't move. I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't bathe myself. I couldn't feed mm. myself. I'm laying there and my wife is feeding me soup. <laughs> and she's wiping my forehead with a, with a washcloth, getting the sweat off my brow mm. in a completely humble position. And God began to deal with that in my life and that pride in my life. And, and there, the fear of the Lord returned and the fear of the Lord came back in my life and, and God had my attention. And it was just after that, when I began to heal from that, that fear that was developed, a good, healthy fear of God, God began to bless the church again. Mm. And I really believe I'd gotten to a point where God could no longer grow the church. And Chad, Chad, do you think it was, do you think that the, the, uh, the stress, that stress had anything to do with that, that physical issue that you were having? Or do you feel like it was totally unrelated? It was just something God allowed to happen because he was trying to get your attention and say, hey, Chad, I want you to do this a certain way and you're not listening. Yeah, I really do believe the latter. I, uh, okay. I do. I believe it was, uh, you know, something that God definitely used to change uh, something in my heart. It's almost like I, for some reason, I had it in in my mind that I, I, you know, it's almost like I'd stopped spending a lot of time in prayer. It's almost like Mm -hmm. I I believed I deserved something. Yeah. And God began to deal with that and, and let me know, you know, he wants to use me, but he doesn't have to have me. Hmm. and he can he can bless the church with me or without me yeah and um so that really uh, i was thankful for that i look back on that experience and i am truly grateful for god's correction yeah and discipline in my life because it has uh it really has brought me into a new area a new level of blessing and uh and i'm thankful and and there's a good healthy fear of god that's good you know i tell myself and I tell uh, a lot of the leaders that we work with that, you know, in, in the end, God really doesn't need us to get 
done what he wants to get done. Right. Now, we, and, we, and we talk about that in the context of taking a day off every week. And that every week when I take a day off, it reminds me every week that God really doesn't need me to do this. Um, right. he, I, get to, I get to, he invites me in and partners with me. But if he wanted to, he could do it by himself. Right. He, right. he, he, he wouldn't have to use me. So I, I just love that thought. I love that. I love that idea. And you know, as your church grows, as your, uh, or the organization you lead grows, Chad, I think that, I think that there's potential for us to forget that, right? That, uh, and, and there's a pace, there's a, there's a, a, a rhythm that can get out of control. And I've seen this a lot as we've worked with pastors, as their church grows, if they're not careful, um, they, their, their uh, schedule grows right along with it. Uh, their activity grows right along with it. And, and pretty soon there's this breaking point, right? So how, right. how do you deal with that? Because your church has grown dramatically in 20 years. How do you stay healthy? How do, you know, what behaviors are you doing to keep yourself in a healthy position I, I, you know, physically, mentally, emotionally, however you want to answer that. But how do you do that so that you don't get caught up in the crazy of a thriving organization? Well, honestly, John, you've helped a lot with that, you know, mm -hmm. and just a lot of the, the your material, the things that you've taught, um, how to be healthy in physical health, spiritual health, emotional health. I've learned a lot from you. And so physically, you know, my, my wife and I love to walk. We, we exercise. I've, I've always been very much into exercising. And so we, we like to walk three miles, you know, physically, I like to take care of myself. We, uh, we like to go biking. Uh, mm -hmm. I used to lift weights a lot. And so, uh, but I was almost getting looking, starting to look like a football player. My wife, my <laughs> wife wasn't really liking it. She liked the trimmer look. And so, um, so I kind of backed off of that for, for a while. But one of the things that I love to use is I've lost 40 pounds. Mm. And uh, through the, you know, so I've been, I've been using my fitness pal is a great app. Awesome. So I'm very much into the calories, um, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I really keep track of what I'm eating, how much I'm eating, uh, what those calories are. And, and I'm eating about 1800 calories a day now. Okay. And, uh, so I, I, I was 240 pounds. I now weigh 200. Wow. And, uh, yeah. So I've lost a lot of weight and these, these, the physical side I think is so important. Spiritually, um, you know, the one thing I was going to say, I don't like to make a rule out of this because everybody, you know, God uses, he does different things in different people's lives. And, but for me, when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane and his disciples kept falling asleep, Jesus came back to them and he kept saying, can't you guys stay up one hour? Can't you stay one hour? That really spoke to me. And as a pastor, I think pastors should be praying a lot. And mm -hmm. so for me, spiritually, I've really enjoyed praying about an hour a day. Yeah. Um, and that's what I do. I journal a lot uh, yeah. in the mornings, not sermon material, but it's just personal journaling. Yeah. So that, help, that has helped me spiritually. Um, emotionally, I, we love to laugh. I, I love to be with my family, my wife and my kids. Uh, we have a lot of fun. We, we actually go to dinner with her. Uh, sister and her husband at least once a week we like to get with them and they're yeah. great people they're good friends um i have a very good friend in town uh, mm. 
and he's he runs a bank here in town we're about we're close to the same age but he's a dear friend of mine and so he and i do breakfast together you know periodically and we'll go do it you know go out together and i just think it's so good to stay emotionally healthy as well and have friendships in your life and laugh a lot and um you know we bought a couple bikes we kayak we go fishing we jet ski um But one thing I wanted to say, John, one thing that's helped me emotionally is I'm really big into the time blocks. Okay. I love the 50-minute blocks. So... Can you explain that a little bit for us? Yeah. It's it's a... Where you... I work really well in 50-minute segments. Okay. Some people can do an hour and a half. Some people may do an hour, two hours. I just say 50 minutes because then I take a 10-minute break before I start another 50. But I try to do one 50-minute segment of something, block, time block, whether it's a project, after work. Um, That has actually really done wonders for me emotionally. Um, I'm always keeping up with the projects at home. My wife and I have five acres of Mm. property, so we're always, you know, we have a lot of things to do at the house. And so, Pastoring a church and then going home, I really enjoy doing one 50-minute time block at home after work. How many time 50-minute time blocks usually do you do at, at uh, the office? Well, I do the 550s. Okay. Yeah, so I'll do a, a, a good 550, and I like to work that solid 50. No interruptions. You don't check your phone. You don't get on your email. That's you just... Good. You work the solid 50-minute segments. I'm amazed at how much I can get done if I do that. And I actually use my timer. I'm Mm. in the habit of timing. So when I say 50 minutes, I actually start the timer. And I don't stop working until that timer goes off. And then I get up, move around, Mm -hmm. um, stretch my legs, get some green tea, whatever it is, (laughs) and a cup of coffee, just and then come back and do another 50. And it that does a lot for me emotionally. You know, Chad, as you're talking about the things that you do, uh, it's such a well rounded approach to health. You know, there's a physical component of what you're doing, there's a spiritual component of what you're doing, there's a relational component of what you're doing, there's a schedule component. Um, and you know, this is just music to my ears, right? Because we have this conversation every day. Every day, uh, you know, five days a week, if we're working five days that week, um, multiple times uh, with leaders about this well-rounded approach to health. And I, I so appreciate that because here's what I believe. I believe you can, I believe you can do what God has called you to do and do it well and stay healthy at the same time. I think God's big enough uh, for that to happen. And I just love hearing uh, you share your approach and, and you know, it, it's like health doesn't come easy. Does it? We have to really work at it. It's, it's, it's an ongoing thing. Absolutely. Well, and I was going to say about friendships, you know, a lot of times, you know, I went, I went a lot of years without, I had a lot of acquaintances. I knew a lot of people, but I didn't have any, I didn't have a strong friend. I didn't have a good friend in my life. And I actually really made that a matter of prayer. I, I just told the Lord, I said, God, you know, thank you for my family and, and the church. And, but I need a friend. Yeah. And I prayed about this. I prayed this guy in. 
Mm-hmm. And when he came across my path, I mean, we had so much in common and just the connection was there. I knew it was a God thing. And yeah. so I would encourage any pastor, if they feel lonely at all, to even make that a matter of prayer. Of yeah, absolutely. God, you know, to bring an, a, a person into your life that you can connect with, because I believe God will respond to that. He Amen. Will. Yeah. I've, I've had the same experience uh, a couple of years ago, same deal, just saying, God, I need I need a close friend. Some of my close friends have moved uh, to the other side of the country uh, or taking on new roles that have just really consumed their time. And uh, I can I concur with you. The you know, Lord answered that prayer, brought some good people into my life. So that's that's really cool. Chad, we're we're starting to butt up against our time here. But, but I really wanted you to, to talk about this. And then I think, um, well, I'm going to ask you two more things, but give me the answers fairly quickly. Okay. Um, what would you say to a leader? who might think, you know, I lead in a small town, it's different here. I've heard that, and I wonder what you think about that. That's a great question. You know, one of the things is I would, I would say, see yourself pastoring the whole community. Mm. That has changed my mindset of just, you know, instead of pastoring a small church, I've had the mindset I'm pastoring this town. And I'm amazed that through the years, getting involved in the schools, getting involved in the events of the community, we go out in the community constantly. We're just always connecting, trying to be a part of things, building those relationships. But I'm amazed at the doors God opens. And we've had like teen suicides in the area. And, uh, you know, they call me, the school has called me. Um, I actually did a funeral in the gymnasium of the school years ago several years ago for a a young person who was in a a car accident. Mm. So I see myself, I actually had somebody one time say to me, wow, Pastor Chad, you are the pastor of the whole town. Mm. And I I would encourage pastors in small communities to see yourself in that role, pastor that whole community. Mm. Um, One one other thing I would say is to commit long-term and not use that small town as a stepping stone to something bigger or better. I would stay committed to that community the rest of your life. I believe Mm -hmm. that longevity is the key to fruitfulness and um, make a commitment that you will stay in that community and and don't use it as a stepping stone. Uh, Just just love those people. Even if you don't like the town, you know, one of the things is I tried to move years ago. I did. Mm -hmm. I just, I was terrified I was going to wake up and still be in a small town, you know, and, and, but I never felt God release me. And I asked the Lord, I said, God, if you want me to stay here in this small town, you've got to change my heart. Because if I have to look at camouflage one more time, <laughs> you know, and cause I grew up in a city, right. you know, I, I, I was, you know, and so what I felt God want me to do is drive through town. Every time you go somewhere, every time you go to the store, every time you go to the post office, God said, I want you to pray for the people. Mm. As you're driving your car, just pray for them. And I did that for a while. And God began to change my heart. Mm. And now I'm so glad I stayed. And I absolutely love it in this community. So those would be a few things I would say to the to leaders of small town. Well, Chad, thank you so much, you know, for pouring into us these past two episodes. It uh, really was helpful, insightful, encouraging. I love listening and hearing from people who are actually doing the work. And, uh, and you're doing that. You're doing such a fabulous job. 
thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, John. And you've been a big part of uh, our success here. You know, I've thoroughly enjoyed your leadership and, mm -hmm. uh, and still am very much part of your ministry. So thank you for all you've done to help us succeed here. Well, it's our pleasure. And we're, we're grateful that you invited us along to journey with you. So uh, here's what's coming in episode uh, 51. Jim Wiegand will be back with me in the studio. And uh, we're going to unpack the subject of how to release more and better qualified people into serving. And that subject has taken on new meaning in, in the light of COVID-19 and how it's impacted people using their gifts uh, to serve God and others. So join us uh, for episode 51 next week. For those of you who are listening, if you're enjoying this podcast, share it with a friend, uh, write us a review, let us know how we're doing. We want to know how this podcast is impacting you. And as always, you can reach Converge Coaching by going to convergecoach.com and clicking the contact us button. And thanks again for joining us today as we help you lead from alignment.